The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code WMVP. Tune in every Friday for the official Waddle and Sylvie same game parlay on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 21 years or older, Illinois only. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Waddle, we are looking up. It looks like Eric Bieniemy is one step closer to becoming the offensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders. Yes, and I just looked at you and said, then who's going to be the next offense coordinator? To which I yelled, that's been my point the entire time. Matt Nagy, who has, I've seen more Matt Nagy video hanging out with Patrick Mahomes like they're Will Ferrell and John C. Riley and stepbrothers in the last three days than I have all year long. Well, this is the only way that your option, I believe, becomes viable. But even then, I, I like, look, I'm still not. You're not buying. I'm not convinced. What, all of a sudden, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Chiefs, you know, I don't know if you want to give them dynasty status yet. We haven't talked about that. Would you call well, them Michael dynasty Wilbon yet? says no. I think if you can win two. Super Bowl titles and five straight AFC in, in, in four, what is it four years two and four years and or is three, it two or five years and three two, no, Super no, Bowls four years and three, three appearances three appearances that's pretty dynastic to me I agree I, I, think, I don't have as high a standard for what a dynasty is I think if you go to it's like the Cubs then the Cubs go to the NLCS four. in three or four years. And they had one World Series title there and went to the World Series one yeah four straight playoff appearances and again I don't think that was a dynasty. But yeah, now that you've had in four years three trips to the Super Bowl and two wins, I would say that's a modern-day dynasty. Yeah, I think, you know what, I would call them a sports dynasty. Like, let's, you know, we know what dynasties are, obviously, successive, you know, consecutive eras, you know, if you want to talk about championships. So some people look at it as, like, if they're not consecutive championships, they don't count. I think when you look at football, the fact that, well, you know... I think un- this is a geographical dynasty. Of course it's a sports dynasty. No, no, no. But when you say dynasty, you look back to, like, ruling dynasties, right? Like, I'm talking about, like, it has to happen in succession. And so I think sometimes people get hung up when we're talking about sports dynasties. Dude, you got oh. way too deep right there. Well, <laughs> I think what we, like, listen, when we talk about dynasties, it's like, it's hey, not the Ming di- dynasty. Yeah, it's I don't know where you were going. Were did you guys know where he was going he, there? Tyler no. knew I was talking about the Ming dynasty. No, when I was re- he did not. I, I Come would, on, Listen, Tyler. I think... T- Three Super Bowl trips in four years and two Super Bowl championships in four years to me is dynastic. Yes, I, think I would so. call them a dynasty. Am I? Am I? Am I getting out over my skis? You call them a dynasty, yeah, right? And, and here's the thing: without the, having to d- differentiate between a sports say, dynasty, because yeah. like in basketball, when you look at the Bulls, and you know, part of the reason Mike, Michael Jordan's greatness, you always point to six and zero oh and yeah. in uh, in the championship round. Football's different, though. You don't get seven, a seven-game series to prove yourself. Oftentimes, the best teams in a seven-game series have the opportunity to impose their will. And Correct. Usually, you feel like in basketball, generally in hockey, you feel like the best team wins because they have the opportunity through a seven-game series to do it, right? In football, the one-game standard makes it sometimes difficult. Sometimes you have an upset, right? And I think they're more prevalent in football, so I don't necessarily need championships in succession but what i to your point if you've shown up in this championship game 
in a significant amount of time in right. three and four years, and again five straight AFC Championship games. I think the Chiefs are a dynasty. They're yeah, I mean, I, I mean, look, I may I, that may be a lower standard than traditional, but the NFL again is it's a different beast than it was back in the day when the Pittsburgh Steelers were winning multiple yeah. championships. In a row or in they won two, but they, they never won more than two of the Steelers. They won two and then they won. They had uh, they had, they had it interrupted. They won four in the seventies, right? But they never won more than two in a row. Like they, I, I mean, that was obviously a dynasty. San Francisco 49ers had themselves a dynasty for a while. Yeah, I mean, like, look again. Maybe my my threshold is a little bit lower than others. Maybe my standards are a little bit lower like the, when it comes to dynasties, but like, I would call this Kansas City run dynastic. The early mid-90s Cowboys, in my opinion, were a dynasty. They won three Super Bowls. Yeah. You know, not consecutively, but over a four-year period, I believe. Okay, so to get back to the point here is is that if Eric Bieniemy goes to the Washington Commanders to be their offensive coordinator, my guess is, is that Matt, Matt Nagy, Nagy slides into the role of offensive coordinator there. And I don't know if, I've, if I ever articulated it, but that was always kind of my belief, was that eventually Matt Nagy, I do believe, would have an opportunity to run this offense. And then just by, you know, I don't know if I'm going to give him look, the credit. I, and again, I always feel, I, I don't, don't think that, for me, I would think he would have to establish himself as an offensive coordinator and rebuild his reputation as a play caller somewhere outside of Kansas City. Before well, being the way Eric Bieniemy is trying to do to show, well, hey, I don't need. Yeah, I by think, the way, Raps reporting right now that the deal should be official tomorrow for Bieniemy. Yes, yeah. yeah, and I think I mean, it's you would think Matt Nagy will probably be elevated to offensive. You would think, especially I don't know the else. way we saw him interacting with Mahomes on the sidelines in the uh, turning point video we played yesterday. Um, at the parade. So maybe maybe you are right, but that wouldn't, you know, your succession plan is different than what I kept hearing from you and Sylvie, that some other owner will be stupid enough so to give thing. him a second chance. I think he will rehabilitate his image as an OC. Well, it's Just, hard not to. Like, exactly. if he screws up this, then... Then it'll be... Listen, you're right. If he screws up this, he will never get a head coaching job yeah, again. Yeah, but why, why do you give... Why would we give... Are we really going to fall for that? I'm not. But what you're saying is, is you're not even suggesting that he will rehabilitate his image around the league. What you're saying is, is that he'll just slide slide into that head coaching spot if Andy Reid leaves. No, no, no. I think two options. I think he would be the obvious successor if Andy Reid does hang him up over the next couple years. And if he doesn't, I think him being the OC of the Chiefs and... Us talking about them being a dynasty, I think they're in line and set up to have another good two, three, four more yeah, but years. They're dynastic in. without. Man. You're right. I agree with you, but I think him being OC and having the previous head coaching experience. Again, he's going to point to he's got that Coach of the Year award on his mantle. Everyone's forgotten about in that. the playoffs. Two of four years, they'll start looking back though at the resume. No, they won't. Yes, they will. No, and they won't they because will now no because uh, what happened in Arizona? What happened with? With the Colts, they, I mean, they did. They went for guys who who have haven't had the chance before. Josh McDaniels got hired by the Colts before Jim Mercy tore Josh up his Josh McDaniels, bathroom. yes, and I, but I will say that Josh McDaniels has got a significantly more impressive resume getting that second opportunity than than 
than Matt Nagy. Exactly. Matt Nagy's about to add a couple of, uh, you know, good offensive years for Pat Mahomes. Probably another Lombardi trophy down the road here. And, by the way, Josh McDaniel's first coaching tenure was a hell of a lot more of a disaster than Matt Nagy's in Denver. When he jettisoned his franchise quarterback because he didn't like him, he couldn't get, get along with Jay Cutler. And then he had a little bit of a cheating scandal as the Broncos head coach. I don't remember that. Yeah, he got uh, they got dinged for basically similar practices as what the Patriots were um, implicated for in Spygate. And eventually, you don't remember that? I don't. Yes, he did. I'll have to pull well, it. Well, anyway, so regardless, this is to, the moral of the story is this is the best way for your prediction your prediction to come true. Yes. Is that if Matt Nagy does slide into the offensive coordinator's role with the Kansas City Chiefs, that ultimately I think it's more likely that he is the successor to Andy Reid if things don't go completely sideways versus somebody else. So, yes. Because I, 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 if I'm a... If, if, Life is going to be easier for him with Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback than him going somewhere else and trying to recreate things. No doubt about it. Agreed. Agreed, agreed, agreed. By the way, did you see, I, I mentioned this in Waddle's World as well, that Travis Kelsey is going to host Saturday Night Live. Yes, he announced it last night on Jimmy Fallon. We I, have a big announcement that you're going to announce here on the show tonight. I'm very excited about this. You're going to be back in our building in a few weeks. Can you say why you're coming yeah, back? Yeah, for sure. I mean, growing up, um, I was a huge, like, Farley, uh, Farrell, Fallon um, <laughs> kind of guy growing up. And, um, yeah, I used to watch Saturday, Saturday Night Live with my mother. And um, it's a, it's an absolute honor and, uh, and a privilege to be uh, hosting SNL March 4th. Come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. Yes! It's going to be great! It's going to be great! I am so nervous for that. Oh, my God. You are going to be so good. I was talking to Lauren today. I'm like, oh, he's so charming and he can sing and he's fun and it's so good. You think that about me? I do. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. I do. I know. I, I was like, yeah, I do. Oh, you're, I, it's amazing. But Kelsey Ballerini is a musical guest. Yes. So that's, yes. it's going to be a hot show. Congratulations. Thank on that. you very much. That's awesome. I, I will watch. I have not watched Saturday Night Live and I can't tell you how long, but I would watch that. I think he's really entertaining. Is he... I hate the whole... You know how I feel. I, I hate the whole, you know, hey, nobody, nobody believes, believes in us. Do they do us? There's no chance they'll do us. They should. It's I, probably too inside for, like, like us sports nerds who know that Kansas City has come out and really berated everybody for not believing yeah, in no, them. Yeah, no, I don't think that'll be part of it. But I will make a prediction that mm-hmm. I think it's... It's likely that you'll see, like, a guest appearance by Patrick Mahomes, possibly. Ooh. That you will a, see a moment where Patrick Mahomes may be... There's a chance of that, but I, you know, I won't, I wouldn't like, I think it's less than, I think it's not, it's probably like plus 200 that Pat Mahomes... I put my money on that. You would? Sure. These I guys are best of friends. They're entertaining. Maybe in his monologue, Patrick Mahomes is in the audience and they pan to the audience, you know, where an audience member has a comment or a question. Yeah, and he asks a question, and obviously yes. Patrick Mahomes' voice in itself is just... That's Absolutely. comedy gold. But you were saying, like, you haven't watched... Or Tyler. Tyler. Tyler, Tyler said... So, the one thing I'll say, like, before we, uh, you share, us, share, us, share with us your piece here, Tyler, I actually, a couple weeks ago, was surprised how good it was actually right before the Super Bowl Saturday Night Live was. I was... They had a couple... They had some really strong sketches, and that hasn't been the case for me 
over the last. I haven't watched ten years for Saturday. Night. I mean, I've seen clips. But well, I no, no, and I don't watch. I catch them via as, social media. As I told, I, I, I'm there. Are a lot of times where I'm asleep at Thursday or on Saturday night at ten thirty or eleven o'clock. To me, Saturday Night Live is the most unwatchable television show right now. Like I cannot. First Most, of all, have you can, let me let, well, time yes. out. Let me introduce you to Bulls basketball. All right. Well, that's not a television show. That's not meant to entertain. Okay. Um, like I'll sit down and watch clips of it and stuff like that. It's yeah. not funny. the The star power has been lacking, and, and I don't know if there's any guest that could actually host Saturday Night Live. That would make me sit down and want to watch. I don't think anyone is big enough that I think that could revive this. If Will Ferrell came back to host, I would. That would drive me to the television. I'll watch. I mean, I don't know if I'll watch. I'm not, I didn't put it in my phone as a reminder that so Kelsey's going to so host Saturday yeah. the fourth. But I, if 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 I'm sitting at home and I haven't already passed out or gone to sleep voluntarily or involuntarily at that time. Um, I may. Oh, I, oh, wow. Kelsey's supposed to. Uh, Travis Kelsey's supposed to be the host tonight. I, I would tune in, tune into it for sure. And did they do it on purpose? Travis Kelsey and Kelsey Ballerini? That I don't I know. know. But that I like Kelsey Ballerini as well. Yeah. So, no. um, but I'm in. I'm all in on this. If, in fact, it, I'm aware of it when it's happening. If yeah. that makes any sense. Like, again, I'm not you know, putting it in a calendar. I will say, I like, I do think, like, I share with Tyler. It is a very good show to consume in clip form. Like on Sunday afternoon, if you go to the Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live Twitter feed, they post their best clips on their feed. See, like I'm not, I haven't watched Weekend Update. Yeah, I can't no, tell you. I, don't, I, don't I won't even update. do that, though, Meller. Like I know there's no. some people that do do that, but I, I won't even. I don't do that. I don't like seek it out. But what happens is usually I'll see, oh, Something's trending. It's getting a lot of rave reviews. So then I'll go. It's not like I'm following the Saturday Night Live. Sounds like you are feed, but no, I'm just like because I mentioned it a couple weeks ago. They had a wing skit that I thought was very funny. Like, um, so yeah, that's the one I saw was with Pedro Pascal. They did the wing, yes. yeah, ordering wings, and it just gets wilder every second. You get five hundred wings here, or yeah, like, five hundred thousand like, wings. Like the like the stupid amounts of wings that you can order. Like, oh. You think this is a good deal, you know, whatever it is, a hundred for thirty nine dollars. How about this? We got five thousand wings for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars or whatever it whatever it was. And just an absurd amount and like you get, you know, an unlimited supply of celery and four hundred gallons of ranch and it was a it was a good skit. And then they had the um the video game, the uh, Mario Kart one, which was a play on the HBO Max, The Last of Us, uh TV show that I've been watching, and I've been... Uh, I think Tyler's kind of into it, too, as well. What are you, three or four episodes in, Tyler? Uh, I'm only two in. Okay. Uh, Jake, have you been watching Yeah, that? I'm all the way caught yeah, up. Jake's yeah. caught up. So you you have not I have not seen gone it. down that road. Sylvie tried, like, 30 minutes of the last I will of not us go down tapped that road, out. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. It's surprising, though, because you personally are usually in on the Sunday night HBO shows. Yeah, but the whole uh, end of the world stuff, not, not my thing. Never? There's not no really. end of the world? Not really. I, and I'm not really a big zombie guy either, but for yeah, whatever reason... I never reason, saw an episode of The Walking Dead or whatever did it I. is. Yeah. Neither did I. So none of this is, is really that appealing to me. And I am the captain of watching television shows. Watched some stuff last do, night. Do we think... Do you think Kelsey will be good? Because like I do. I think, again, this is, a, this is a Saturday Night Live episode that I will watch 
Will Again, he... if in fact I'm aware that it's March 4th and it's time for him. I mean, I remember, I know Peyton Manning hosted, Tom Brady hosted. I don't remember Tom Brady. I remember Peyton Tom Manning. Brady was a long time ago. Tom Brady was probably 15, 16 years ago. Um, I'll make a bet with you, though, that, that there's a Patrick Mahomes participation in some way, shape, or form. Okay, I'll take it. I'll just, yeah, like, because yeah. I think it's less than 50-50 that he participates, but I think I'll make a, a good coffee chance. bet with you. Yeah, absolutely. You could do a coffee run or a lunch bet, whatever you want to do. Whatever it is. Um, so we can check that out. So, But I think Kelsey is, is sports funny, but not, necessar- not necessarily like Saturday Night Live host funny. Well, but you've never seen him in that, that, that role, so maybe he will surprise you. I'm not expecting him to have me in stitches. I just think he's an entertaining personality. Like, he's very gregarious. He's very outgoing. He's very loud and boisterous. Mm -hmm. And I think that that will play to a certain degree. Listen, that's undeniable. There's no doubt about that. He definitely, when he gets a mic in front of him, he's not afraid to give us energy and spontaneity. The haters were saying that the Chiefs would never make the playoffs. (laughs) The haters were saying the Chiefs were done. Like a ten-year-old kid. By the way, the funniest yeah, part. Bronies. I saw the the all of all of the video that we saw of the parade. The best was, and we didn't. I, I didn't see it until I think last night. Is the video of Patrick Mahomes taking the picture with the guy, and he's got the Lombardi Trophy, and as he's leaving, he just hands the Lombardi Trophy to the guy that was taking the picture and walks away. Yes. I Almost like he didn't even wasn't even paying attention. He's like, here, I, I'm done with this. You take it. The question was it's hilarious. Was Patrick Mahomes? We 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 could tell. It seemed like he had had a few on the uh, parade routes, and so did he realize that he was kind of like just giving that fan an extra couple of seconds to really take it in? Or do oh, you he think turned he for- and walked like you, he, you kinda, he was do done you think with he it. Forgot it? Or yes, you forgot about it. Yeah, I think he was done with the situation and done with the trophy at that point. He's just done. Someone else. You take this. We'll, yeah. get, we'll get another one next year. Here you go. I was... Uh, the only thing... I don't know... I wish the video went on a little bit longer because I don't know who actually went back and got the trophy. Yeah, I, I didn't see that. I'm sure somebody did. But uh, it was... I thought, you know, it was very entertaining. As a, as the uh, the championship parades go, I thought it was an entertaining I, I saw that Tom Brady tweeted that it looks like perfectly normal parade behavior to saw him. that as well. Tom Brady or whether it was Tom Brady or his people, his social media people. <laughs> yes. I'm not so sure. But it was fun. It was funny. It was very good. I'm guessing it was probably uh, Tom Brady's team. Yeah, I would probably say so as well. But it was uh, it was all in good fun. And again, I think that Travis Kelsey, March 4th, when he is hosting Saturday Night Live, I think there's a very good chance that you will find yourself at least moderately entertained by the program that doesn't seem to entertain many people these days. Speaking of celebrations, we are going to have a very big one of our own, our 25th anniversary celebration for ESPN 1000, Friday, March 24th at House of Blues. The doors open at 11 a.m. Live shows from 12 to 6 p.m., including the Mac, Yurko, and Harry reunion show on the Carmen and Yurko show. We've also got other guests scheduled to appear, including the one we announced today, good friend of the show, Mark G. and Greco. Oh, yes. Scheduled to appear at the House of Blues again on March 24th. Also going to have Jay Cutler. Yes. Robbie Gold. Nice. Eddie Olchek. Fabulous. The Cornettes, Jordan and Shea. Outstanding. Sarah Spain. Awesome. Lou Canellis. Fabulous. Fred Hubner. Delicious. Ray, Ray, 
<laughs> Ray, Ray Flores. Awesome. Um, and our next guest, Nick Friedel. He's scheduled to appear yeah, as well. If Nick. You, if you'd like to purchase tickets at LiveNation.com, just go there, search ESPN Chicago. Remember, you've got to be 21 years or older at the event with a valid ID. We're going to check in with Nick Friedel, who's got a new beat. He's covering the Suns and Kevin Durant. We'll ask him about getting booed last night Ooh. for asking a question. We'll do that next. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Waddle and Sylvie are back on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. How would you sum up your time in Brooklyn? How would you sum up your time in Brooklyn? Love that laugh. I thought it was a good question. I thought it was a fair question. I think it's our opportunity to ask Nick Friedel as he joins us on the CarX Tire and Auto Hotline. I mean, they're going to write books about it. There's going to be a 30 for 30 on this Nets experiment. Yes, it was not very successful. Let's ask Nick if he's ever been booed at a press conference before for a question he asked. Nick, good to talk to you, our Nicky. friend. Jeff Meller in for Sylvie today on Waddle and Sylvie. Was that the first time you've ever been booed at a press conference? Yeah, except <laughs> if we're not counting all the times that the PR people wanted to boo me as I was trying to ask the question through all these years in Chicago uh, and especially in Brooklyn the last year. But, uh, but yeah, that was, that was a first. I mean, I think even Kevin was laughing in the moment because <laughs> it was so strange, guys. It felt like a college pep rally in yeah. there. And very clearly, they wanted to make a splash and wanted everybody to 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 see what was going on and put the spotlight on it. But that was one of the more awkward experiences, seeing the gorilla mascot and cheerleaders chuck T-shirts about three minutes before that thing started. Uh, Nick, I, we didn't ever hear the answer. Did he answer the question? <laughs> yeah. He said what did he say? He said that he always would have a... A special place in his in his heart for Brooklyn in that moment in time, and and he got emotional. I mean, I, guys, if I have learned anything about Kevin Durant specifically, he is the one of the most perceptive athletes I've ever covered. He's the most accessible at that level that I've ever covered. Uh, so he knows what the conversation is like. He knows uh, what people are saying, and I do think it meant a lot to him the relationships that he built through time, especially coming off that Achilles injury when he left the Warriors to go to the Nets. But all that stuff is is part of his legacy. And when you jump from team to team, and now you're on a different team with Phoenix, you know all the fans and all that support is all well and good. But if he doesn't win here, People are just going to wonder, why did he ever leave the structure that the Warriors, and specifically Steph Curry, provided? What do you think the destiny of the Phoenix Suns is with KD this year? Tommy, if they're fully healthy, and Kevin comes back and he plays to the level that he did, and to me, guys, before he got hurt, he was the MVP of the league. Looks like Jokic is probably going to win it now, again. But... Kevin was playing as good as I've ever seen him. So if he comes back at that level 
and you can get something out of Chris Paul, Devin Booker is still awesome. I think they are the team to beat in the West. But what I would tell you is I still don't think they're good enough to knock out Boston or Milwaukee if both of those teams are fully healthy. Mm. To me, still, the winner of the East Finals is probably going to, to win the whole thing. But as we know, it all hinges on how a team's playing at that time and how healthy they are in the moment. By the way, real quick, has there been any update on Giannis's, uh wrist? Who I, I mean, played very briefly in last night's win over the Bulls and then left with a wrist injury. It doesn't sound like it's too, too serious. It'll be interesting to see if he plays in the All-Star game, but it, it didn't sound like it was too bad. Okay. Nick, are you uh, scouting uh, locations for where you're going to pick up roots and uh, lay down in Phoenix now that you're uh, on Durant watching Phoenix? You got a you got an apartment scouted out here, or are you going to use the entire All-Star weekend to find that? I am just getting settled in San Diego, and guys... Ooh, I the like second it. I see some sunshine, I'm going to knock back a few pina coladas and enjoy the moment out here. I, I, the truth is, Mr. Mellor, they, they, I don't think they are going to let me move to Phoenix right now. <laughs> I think okay. they want to see how it all plays out. So when I leave San Diego, I'm, I'm headed back to New York, and then we'll kind of go from there, especially going into the, the postseason. But this is... This is quite the time for the league. Forget where I may or may not live. I mean, guys, that Nets team was drawing so much attention. There was so much drama. There was intrigue. And now it's kind of like, all right, the Lakers with LeBron, they're still not very good. LeBron set the scoring mark. Okay, cool. The NBA is going to have an issue here in these next few months building up these storylines that the casual fans are, are going to want to see and talk about because they don't have those marquee teams even more in marquee places that we're used to sometimes. So the Suns are important. We'll see what happens with KD. To me, it's the biggest story in the league moving forward now until the end of the year. But I'm just looking at it as a fan. You know, We're so used to looking at the Warriors and they've kind of faded this year and Steph's been hurt. And the Nets were, were drawing a lot. The Mavericks with Kyrie and Luka, that seems to be a team of interest, but I don't think they have enough to, to make much noise in the West. So uh, get ready for a lot of the Nuggets and, you know, that, uh, that Milwaukee and Boston. It, it's an interesting time for the NBA, I think, as you mentioned, Nick. A, what is the collective bargaining agreement? Remind me where it's at with these guys. And there's been a lot of talk. as You know, Charles Barkley has mentioned – uh, I think recently that the owners are going to try to gain back some of the power that they they gave up to the players in, in recent negotiations. How do you see this playing out, and when will this kind of bubble to the surface? I think the, the time is coming, Tommy, and I think to your point, and to the question about the, the CBA, I, I'd have to double-check on exactly how many years are left. What I know for sure is there's a lot of chatter around the league the fans have already started to hear about about the TV deal mm-hmm. and which way the league goes in that direction. Is it ESPN and Turner again? Sounds like NBC is is trying to weave its way back in. And do they start going the streaming route like we saw the NFL did in this past deal that they made? I mean, the money would appear to be there, but are you breaking off more pieces of the pie 
to make it happen. The thing that scares me as somebody whose uh, professional livelihood is tied into this particular league, I, as I go around all these different cities, and, and I've been around you know, the Warriors and the Nets recently, and obviously people are into those teams, and we all know how much the Bulls mean to the NBA when they are good. What scares me is the regular season games just don't hold that much importance right now. You can feel it from fans. You can certainly feel it from players. And when they're deciding to sit out and back-to-back should be long gone, although I'm not sure how much that helps because if a player doesn't feel like playing that night, what are you going to do? But as somebody who grew up really falling in love with the NBA in the mid-'90s, and I was obviously in Orlando watching Shaq and Penny, but I mean everybody in Chicago was watching Michael and Scotty and, and that era of the Bulls. Those games mattered. And right now, frankly, they just they, they don't. don't. You're right. They <laughs> don't. The same way. And and that is it's a hard truth for the NBA because I don't know what you can do to turn it back around. And I go back to David Stern. Finding the Spurs, it was like you know a quarter million dollars or whatever he did when Popovich sat everybody. But I think he saw what was coming, and now we're here. You don't know which players are going to play night to night. You don't know if the effort in Game Nine is going to be the same as the effort you know later on down the line. And there are so many more options for fans now, Tommy. That the, the NBA has a a real issue here in trying to drum up support for games that we all agree just don't matter the same way like they used to. No, it's a fair point, uh, Nick. And speaking of things that don't necessarily matter, we've got the All-Star Weekend here. (laughs) (laughs) You can hear all the great stuff. uh, NBA All-Star Saturday night and the All-Star Game on Sunday, all right here on ESPN 1000. But um, truth be told, Waddle has talked about it earlier today. I'm kind of of the same mind. It's just... They, it's lost it's, it's, it's luster for many too. of us. Part of it is, like, I don't know if people are aware of this, but guess what? LeBron, with a victory this weekend, can move to 6-0 and in All-Star games, right? Who cares? Hey, all I ever hear about is 6-0 and when the LeBron topic comes up. So he can move to 6-0 and if his team can beat Giannis on Sunday. But uh, how do you take in... All Star Weekend as somebody who covers the league, but obviously is you know taking it for a little R and R with your chance to unwind in San Diego, as you mentioned already. Do you think the NBA misses the mark? Because we were we also earlier in the show reading through the slam dunk participants, and we obviously know the three point contest has kind of usurped it in term, terms of importance. What is the NBA doing with their All Star Weekend? Do you think it has lost its luster? Yes, <laughs> very much so. I remember going to the games a few years ago. It was, I think, the first one where I started to go, what the hell is this, was in New York. And it was just boring, guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that is the truth. Like, when you're watching these games, and I grew up watching the NBA and being so into what was going on, when the players are just running up and down the floor and it's a layup line or, or it's a, you know, a, a dunkathon, that's not that interesting. It's 180 to, you know, 172. Like, I, it just does not draw me in. And I, and I think there are a lot of fans. When it was East be. versus West, to me, when I was younger, I still had an appetite for it. And that's evaporated. Yep. Tommy, I, I agree. 
I, I, I'm not sure what the NBA can do, and I think this ties into what we were talking about before. We've seen the Pro Bowl disappear. We've seen the, the baseball's all-star game. I, I don't really get into that much anymore. Uh, the three-point contest, I can tell you, having been in enough of the arenas when they're going on, there is some intensity in there. Uh, fans are watching going, okay, you know, what's Steph going to do? I know he's not in there now, but when he's in it, people are into it. And, and there seems to be uh, a real intrigue there from the fan base. I, I couldn't even tell you. The running joke on some of the text threads that I'm in with some of my friends who cover the league, Mac McClung is in yeah. this thing. <laughs> I mean, Crazy. He's a G League player. Like, so what if he wins? Cool. I, you know, you can't get the stars to participate in the dunk contest. And so the luster is long gone off the dunk contest. I think the league is trying desperately, uh, whether it's with more money or the donations that players can make, or, you know, trying to elamending. I talked to Chris Paul about that actually the other night in Phoenix. They are trying to get the interest into the game. Good luck. But we, exactly. We, I mean, fans aren't stupid. <laughs> they aren't stupid. They can see when players care when they don't. The last game that I think it mattered, guys, was actually in Orlando, of all places, my hometown, when Dwayne Wade broke Kobe Bryant's nose. Like, that was fun watching that game. You're like, okay. You knew that players cared. And when there is so much money now in the game, it's really tough for players to get up for an exhibition game that they know Crazy. doesn't really matter. By the way, hey, that was in 2012. 2012. That was a long time ago. So, Hey, 10, 11 um, years ago. we'd be remiss if we didn't give you an opportunity to take a few swipes at our, our bulls. Um, I've, I've, you know, at this point, Nick, I've relegated myself to cheering for them to finish with the fifth worst record in all of the NBA because there's no way they're going to catch the four teams with the records that they have right now. Is that the only out here is if they can find their way to that spot and then miraculously with a 42% chance, maybe get the first overall selection? Is that their only window for better times? Yeah. Tommy, that, that's it. When you have a team of players that aren't very good and you can't make moves at the deadline, here's where you are. And we don't have to go through all the different reasons why and, oh, you should have traded Levine a few years ago. It's not worth it now. The, the inaction at the deadline told you all you needed to know. And, and Nick, couldn't. it looks like by watching other teams and how they play this Bulls team, like even the Pacers the other night, the Pacers had been horrible. They got some of their guys back, but they're getting drummed by 25 in the first quarter. And nobody believes that the Bulls can put anybody away, including the other teams. What does the rest of the NBA universe think of this, this squad? They're an afterthought. That's the issue for the Bulls. And that was my point all along the last few years. As great as DeMar DeRozan played uh, and, and has been for this team, they, they just don't have that superstar that gives you the belief that much better times are ahead. And with the way they've made the deals and the, the contracts that are on the books, the lack of development from Pat Williams, I, I mean, we could go down the list. They are a complete afterthought. Yeah. And when you get to that point, I don't know how you get a fan base to stay engaged. I mean, it was a nice reminder at the beginning of last season what things can be 
in that city when when a team is clicking. But Ball can't stay on the floor. Levine isn't a max player. <laughs> Rosen is uh, going to get a, a much bigger deal but can't really deliver uh, a team through a playoff series. I mean, there are just a, a real big number of reasons yeah. why this thing has turned into what it has. But the biggest one is when you make that deal for Vucevic and he does not turn out the way that you wanted him to and you're giving up all that those assets to make it happen, uh, the Bulls only have themselves to blame. And I still remain shocked that the fan base has given to this point, Karnas Overs and Eversley, the pass that it appears that they have. It's like, real quick, it's like the deal the Bears made when they moved up for Mitch. And they, I make the mm-hmm. comparison because when they did that, they they had brought in Khalil Mack, or rather, the the Khalil Mack trade is is probably the better the better example here. It was a good deal, but you bring him in and you pay him, and you've got no first round picks and no money. So if Mitch doesn't work out, you don't have any options to dig yourself out of the hole. That's the point I was trying to make, and it feels almost comparable that you made the deal for Vooch. And for whatever reason, if it doesn't work out, you've got no exit strategy because you've limited yourself. A, you don't ever want to go into the to the luxury tax, and B, you don't have any picks. I mean, Tommy, I, I think it is a really, really good comparison. The difference is Vucevic had played at a high level before. Yeah. Mitch thing, I, you know, right. they just completely blew it. Yeah. And and we're still living through that uh, with the, the assets that <laughs> they gave up to make it happen. But. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I like I like that a lot because the Bulls had their chance, they took their swing, and they just missed really bad. Yeah, yeah, it's been brutal. It's crazy when you look at it too. Do you think, Nick? Do you think uh, Arturis Konechovas and Mark Eversley are long for their gigs here in Chicago, or do you think the the Vooch deal, the way it is unfolding right now, do you think um, it will be something that could accelerate the timeline with this Bulls organization? Jeff, I, I think it goes back to what Tommy's saying. What, how are you getting them out of this? That's horse, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, like that. that's the whole reason. So, I, you know, do I think it could accelerate it? Hell yeah, because I don't see, unless you have the lottery luck again, yep. what switches everything to a point where the organization is in a much better place than finds it. Uh, you you hire now. Bob Myers who wants a new home. How about that? I mean, Bob Myers is a, a great guy, and he's a hell of an executive, but he's not a miracle worker. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Well, uh, said. well said, Nikki. Well said, All right, man. Nick, uh, I have in, in front of me a guest scheduled to appear. Word is that you are going to do your best to be at our 25th anniversary celebration for ESPN 1000 on March 24th. I am going to try like hell to be there because I want to see everybody and, and give everybody some hugs and uh, – I'm hoping like hell that nothing crazy happens in the NBA world because I, I want to be there with everybody at the House of Blues. Yep. Well, that Can't is wait the to whole see mix. So hopefully the uh, NBA can be put on hold for that day. Like you said, hopefully nothing <laughs> crazy happens. Hopefully Kyrie doesn't spout off and we can have you <laughs> yeah. in attendance. And uh, we would love to give you that hug right back. Hey, right, enjoy Nick. some time off, will you? Go out there and enjoy yourself, buddy. It's pina colada time, there fellas. Love and, it, love uh, it. I will have an extra couple for you guys. I Amen. Promise. Thank you, Nick. I Be don't well. know if you know this, Nick, but the uh, Germans, they named San Diego. Look it up. 
Is that a the is, Wales uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. you is know that that? an anchor yes, man, Joe? Of course, okay. of course, he got there. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm there. I know you were there. It was more about Waddle. We had to uh, we had to walk him up to the. Uh... It's always about our man Waddle. Yeah. Don't worry. Nick. Thanks, man. We appreciate thanks, it, buddy. Guys, I miss you. I'll see you soon. All right, Nick Friedel. Like he said, as long as the NBA schedule allows it, he will be at our 25th anniversary celebration at the House of Blues. Check out those tickets available for you at LiveNation.com. Just search. ESPN Chicago. Up next, we let you know what you need to watch for this weekend on ESPN 1000. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Waddle and Sylvie get you set for your weekend viewing with What to Watch For. Yes, it is indeed time for What to Watch For, brought to you by Connie's Frozen Pizza Waddle. And guess what? What? We have ourselves a contest. If you're the 10th caller right now, to 312-332-3776, you... Win yourself some free pizza, courtesy of Connie's. How about that? That's fantastic. I didn't know we were doing that today. Yeah, yeah, we are. Free pizza. It's yeah. pizza night. It's Friday. It's always pizza night. It is, but on Friday especially, it's pizza night. So get yourself some Connie's frozen pizza. What to watch for, Waddle? Get us, uh, get you us know, started. My wife and mother-in-law were watching um, the uh, morning show last night. So I retreated to a different room because I've already seen both season one, season two. Very good. Like, if you haven't seen the morning show on Apple TV, both seasons were spectacular. But that's not where I was going. So I sat down to watch a movie. I'm a big Jason Statham fan. Mm-hmm. And I think his latest movie from 2021, uh, Wrath of Man, uh, was very good. He... Uh, He's he's one of the best. I think one of the best action stars of recent times, and uh, I like him as a uh, as a good guy and as a villain sometimes. As a man of wrath. So wrath of man, and I will also I will second what I think it was Tyler who gave out shrinking with Harrison Ford and Jason Segel. I've watched the first four or five episodes. However many are out, very much worth your time. I think a new opinion. one just came out today. Last, yeah, today yeah. like twelve o'clock last right, night. Yeah, yeah. So yes, that's that's where I'm at. Um, Wrath of Man, where did you watch it on? It's a movie, I think, on MGM. It's a movie. I mean, it's not a series. I know, but where did you watch it last I think it was night? MGM, whatever the MGM station is now on my cable. Okay. Isn't there, is there an MGM? That's not, isn't that a... You guys give me yeah. yours and I MGM will find resorts. it on my... I just, I just like to tell people where... Yeah, you look for I it. I will find I it on like my... I just like to tell people where they can watch what to watch for. That's the way I... I tell them to check your local listings. <laughs> get fair. your Reader's Digest out. That is fair. How about your TV this? Guide, whatever it is. Um, I'm going to get things kicked off with something that I would say not to watch. How about that? I'll save you a little bit of time. Is this the opposite of what to it watch is, for? It is, but my, but I think it, it, it's also constructive to say don't waste your time with this 90-minute to two-hour movie. Uh, my wife flipped on Your Place or Mine starring Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher. Nah. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. I didn't seek it out, but my wife was watching this rom-com, and I was subjected to it as I was in the same room as her. So do not watch 
your place or mine. What you could check out, though, in its stead, I would say, is that 90s show. A little nostalgia for anybody who likes wow. who liked that That's 70s show. That's going in the Wayback Machine. No, 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 but it's not. That 90s show is the updated version that is now available on Netflix, and it stars lots of the same cast members from that 70s show, including Kurtwood Smith. And Deborah Jo Rupp as the parents who starred in that 70s show. They, of course, are Red and Kitty from that 70s show. And so I would say uh, I've watched the first couple episodes. And anybody who enjoyed that 70s show, you will not be disappointed. All right. Wise asses. 90s show. Yeah. Wise asses. It's MGM Plus. So it is on my cable. It's on in my Xfinity cable. As, okay. MGM so, Plus. MGM got Plus. It's got a bunch of movie channels there. There you go. That's where you get it. All right, for mine, I'm going to go to Netflix and go with Full Swing. It's the new golf docu-series that it's kind of like anyone that watched Drive to Survive on Netflix about F1 or watched Breakpoint. It's about tennis. Uh, but now they're following the PGA Tour. I watched uh, most of the first episode uh, last night. Mm-hmm. and Was there a dirty joke by Tiger say, Woods in it? No, Are people it slipping each other the tampons? First, the first episode was Justin Thomas and uh, Jordan Spieth uh-huh. and kind of all about their friendship. And they're like on private jets and stuff and like all everything that they do so it's a nice little look into the the golfing lifestyle too that goes into just how much of a grind it is to make it on the pga tour and their private jets well there's them (laughs) yes but then there's also guys okay all right i don't know yeah i was just amused because you yeah for some it's a grind for some it's not yes if you make it make it to a certain level i can't wait for the uh behind the scenes of the live tour that one should be well that's the thing is that it follows some live golfers too. All right, so now, it's a it's a blend of both the PGA Tour and the Live Tour, and they I think they started filming before the Live Tour was announced. Oh. So then you see like the blending and okay. like the, kind of the split too. We get to see the backroom gambling losses that Phil Mickelson is engaged in. Right? See, there is like there is a, a draw to golf now, the debauchery of golf. He, you know what? That my friends is a. Buku Buck series. If yeah. you are the debauchery Phil, of golf, Phil I just created and his it. gambling losses. Let's, I want to copy. Let's go, Jake. What do you got, buddy? All righty. Do not hate me. Do not boo me. Do not call me a nerd. Don't tell me you're going to watch because I'm going to go to theaters to watch Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumanium this weekend. Uh. Start of Phase Five, baby, in Marvel. Start of what? Phase Five. What does that model. mean? They're in the fifth phase is this the fifth of their movie? movie franchise. Yeah, Marvel. Okay. I will be watching it. I'm going to see. I know it has 48% of Rotten Tomatoes right now. I'm sure everybody's heard. This is uh, this is Paul Rudd, right? Yeah, Paul he's, Rudd. He's Ant-Man. Yes, they, you know Ant-Man. Everybody knows Ant-Man. There's a lame superhero name than Ant-Man. Uh, Wasp guy. Wasp guy? Yeah. No, I think I, like, <laughs> Fly wasp, dude. wasp, at least you have the like the stinger, right? That's true. Like well, ant man, like if it's a red ant, like those things can. But it's not red ant man; it's ant man. That's true. Doesn't matter because Paul he can Rudd is definitely not going to be all that you know, fun stuff. I like Paul Rudd, but he doesn't come across as somebody who's going to harm you. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. All right. Hey, it's up to you, Jake. If you want to go watch Ant Man season five or you know episode yeah fifty eight, I mean, enjoy it. Phase five. Ant Man's bad. Leather Boy is pretty bad too. Excuse me, Leather Boy. That doesn't sound like it's anything you should be you should be recommending. Do you remember the gimp from Pulp Fiction? I remember leather, the character, le- yeah. Leather Boy is dressed very similarly, so for what it's worth. What, Could what? be worse than Ant-Man, Leather Boy. Is that a Marvel show? I don't think he's Marvel, but he is a superhero. 
Leather Boy. Okay, I'm afraid to Google this. Go ahead, check it out. I will never lead you astray, my friend. I'm Meller in for Sylvie today at Waddle and Sylvie. We'll uh, we'll dig deep into Leather Boy and inform you more about no, what we, we find out. <laughs> Go up next.